Warning. Please note that this podcast contains strong language and touches on many topics that may not be considered appropriate for a work environment. If you choose to listen to this podcast where you can be overheard, we are not responsible for the consequences of your decision. You've been warned. I know you're listening. Hi! We're going to talk about your shit. Uh, subscribe to Patreon so you know what I say about you. <laughs> so, speaking of that, let's just get the business out of the way. Mm-hmm. Visit our website. It's xchromosomepodcast.com. We have all the links to our social media there, including our links to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, which we haven't gotten any more hate on YouTube recently. And... Also, our links to both our PayPal donations, if you want to give us a one-time donation, and Patreon, where we're going to be making a push to actually get more stuff up there. Yes, now that we're starting to get our shit together. And we're starting to build a team. Oh my god, so terrifying. So, for those that do not know, we have what we're giving the title of Technical Director who's already come in to go through and kick down some doors and wreck some shit in a good way. If you listen to the last episode, Huey has been is now coming in as our technical director, which basically is going to do a lot of the episode editing, but that gives me and Noel time to actually compliment pieces to the podcast and other things that we don't have to worry about pulling our hair out for that, too. Yeah, I'll I'll be doing all the audio editing. R.I.P. Me. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the last episode was delightful. So, we're gonna be doing a lot of experimenting in the future for future shows. This might be the last free quote unquote news raid show that we're doing because we're gonna try to keep more of a topic based format, basically to re listen to. Most of our rage formats are basically a one-and-done type thing. So we're going to give the rage-type news formats to Patreon. We're going to give you samples when we pop them out, but we're going to keep the rage to Patreon in general like that, especially when it's it's about news. And it'll help with getting editing done, too, in the long run. Also, in general, it's kind of a good idea to keep the podcast, essentially, it able to listen to at any point in time and not necessarily be dated at some point. 
Right. Like I mentioned, relistability, because it's one of those things where you can pull through. Exactly. So, anyway, consider this possibly the last non-Patreon news format set that you're going to get from that. So if you want to hear Noel yelling at the news, you'll get that on Patreon. So one more thing about um, the business I forgot. Write us. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear from you. The email address is write us at xchromosomepodcast.com. Plus, it would be fun to have like people give input on what they want to hear and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure we can all kind of go in depth about our own personal interests, but it, it's always good to have user input for what people want to hear and talk about and so on. It'll help us plan. It'll help us get other people on. If we have to go through and throw a couple of bucks to subject matter experts, we can. Want to be able to hear your stories, find out how we could go through. And with the exception of Huey, who is non-binary, basically a bunch of white people that are basically straight. And And I'm the straightest, whitest, monogamous person on the podcast, more than likely. Um, but we want to use this as a platform for other voices too. So we want people to learn and yes, write us at X chromosome That email address again is write us at X chromosome Like subscribe rate review on all your podcast platforms. And now with the news, there's some news people. Holy fucking shit. Like as we were shoveling food into our face more or less, some shit happened. Yeah, big shit to the big shit. So, if anybody's been living under has been living under a rock for the past couple of days, at the time of this podcast, it has been announced that they are doing an official inquiry for impeachment on the Donald. Thank fucking god. Long overdue, really. In the language of the Midwest, I would like to say that we have begun to commence, which means it's time to start the two or three hours it will take to actually leave, but he should box his stuff. Once this ball gets rolling, all kinds of shit could break loose, and I am very, very sorry my uh, political analyst friend is desperately busy uh, slaying giants, as he says, to get on the phone and talk to because this is literally something we would be blowing up each other's phones about um but his head is literally under a rock he'll notice eventually but you know he's pretty sharp political analysis we talk all through 2016 and shit about everything that went down i think he said something along the lines of i'm sorry i was wrong i can't believe like nobody could believe we would be here having this discussion but when he and I were talking, thought this was going to be the thing that split the GOP. And he's probably right, because they have to take a stand now. If they want to keep their jobs, they'll have to pick. And that includes the Senate. Well, with regards to in the past, with when it was first showing that Trump was becoming president, I have to be honest, I wasn't necessarily surprised, because... He is one fascist in a long line of fascists. Even the good presidents, quote unquote, were not, were still fascists. 
I just wish that it didn't take this long for something to happen like this. I'm not surprised, unfortunately, but I just wish it wasn't the case. I just remember when he was elected, the company that I was working for is very, very liberal, very, very pro LGBTQ in general, basically all all the pros that you need to be pros about, so to speak. And after he was elected, the next day, basically get a message from the company that said, yes, we all know the election sucked last night. It's know that this isn't going to help, but we're going to buy, get you all pizza today because we need to cry into the cheese. I was in a class uh, when the results were coming in and me and the only other non-white person in the class kind of looked at each other and shook her heads and we we both were like gonna be a long four years i was looking at the election results the whole entire night because usually on election night i go to bed because i just don't want to deal with it but when i was seeing early returns come in all i could do was look at my computer and just keep on repeating what the fuck <laughs> because i knew even in my situation that basically on my situation i was technically safe but with all the people I know around me, it was going to fuck up their shit, and I care more about other people's shit than my own shit. So, yes, this is long overdue. Um, everybody will now be on the record if they're racist assholes or not. Yep. And sexist assholes, all the assholes. Pretty much if you support Trump, you're an asshole. There, I said mm-hmm. it. If you don't like it, you can stop listening. Yeah, pretty much, I think, just this entire podcast. It's, it's very clear that we all hate Trump, so... <laughs> Uh, I don't even have the energy to hate him. He's not worth hating. He's just a walking violation of the Constitution. A walking violation of existence, really. A basic human dignity. Speaking of human dignity, let's uh, let's just slightly turn to the young woman who basically gave Donald Trump the death stare. Yeah, I'm here for... Uh... Greta Thunberg has reached America, and she's taking it by storm. When she was in front of Congress, she basically said, I'm not giving you testimony. I'm submitting these scientific papers as testimony, so you actually have to read them. I was like, that was a baller move. It was indeed a baller move. She's uh, We are spoiled for angry young women right now. And, of course, they're all getting policed for their tone. The tone police are my least favorite police because they're, you know, fictional and just straight up oppression. A beautiful post from a youth climate activist gave us other names. Gave us some other important names that have been fighting for just as long, if not longer, including Autumn Peltier, who is the chief water commissioner for the Ashinabek Nation. She has been nominated for the International Children's Peace Prize. She is a water protector. She's 14. She's been an activist for most of her life. The moment she could talk, she was fighting. And, you know, it's both fortunate and unfortunate that she's been an activist for so long. Fortunate in the sense that, wow, that's powerful for someone to be so young and an activist so continuously and and is strong about it and such, but unfortunate in the sense that she kind of has to be in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of People who belong to marginalized communities kind of experience that whole, you kind of have to be an activist. Otherwise, you know, what's the alternative? Yeah, because the alternative is to be stepped on. Exactly. Okay. Moving on to our next, we've shared the post with these names. Yes. On our our page. And then the second woman 
is Irsa Hirsi. Hopefully I have not butchered that. Um, I apologize. I am no Paul Keels. She is 16. She is the co-founder of the U.S. Youth Climate Strike and the daughter of uh, Congresswoman, I'm assuming that's Ilhan or it's at Ilhan MN. So I'm assuming Minnesota. that. I Yes, I'm assuming that's the Congresswoman that uh, Trump is routinely harassing because she's Muslim in public. Representative like, Omar. Yes, thank you. I could not remember her last name, and I didn't want to be an asshole and use the wrong one. Irsa Hirsi says the climate crisis is the fight of my generation, and it needs to be addressed urgently. Ms. Martinez is 18. She is the Earth Guardian's youth director. She is an indig- indigenous climate activist, hip-hop artist, and is a powerful voice on the front lines of a global youth-led, in- youth-led environmental movement. And then, of course, there's Greta, who is 16. She is organizing school strikes around the world. Everybody, does she have it? She doesn't have it out on, uh, she doesn't have a pronunciation guide. The pronunciation is, she does cat. It was in an article that the first thing that he said was how to pronounce his name. Okay, that, thank you for looking that up. I was not going to be disrespectful and butcher the name. We'll be posting the BBC article that explains that part. These people are amazing. It's really a shame that they don't have time to be kids. I've also seen some discussion because I follow non-white pages because, of course, I do. And what's interesting is that there's this friction with Greta because this is Greta is the one getting most of the press. This just goes to show a little bit of a media bias because the indigenous activists and the non-white activists are not getting nearly the full court press treatment in the news and they've been fighting for as long if not longer for things like clean water and addressing the climate crisis and all that shit i want to say that i think a lot of that in my mind goes to show a lot of the difference between the american journalism and european journalism in europe greta is pushed to the forefront even before recently based on various things that she's done to push the climate crisis in Europe. In America, you don't hear this because basically everybody's trying for ratings pretty much. And they want what unfortunately that they feel will sell. Having minority kids isn't going to sell to, and I'm saying this in a bad way, having minority kids push the climate structure isn't going to get the white people to pay attention in like the white people version of it. What Bill is trying to say is, unfortunately in America, sometimes you need a white person. That's the whole aspect of being a white ally though. And just an ally in general, whatever kind of ally to any marginalized group you're talking about, it's to help push their voices forward because otherwise, you know, they either won't be listened to or they'll be undermined or whatnot. And it's unfortunate because I think that, and I think we all can agree that marginalized groups should be listened to no matter what. But yes, people who are allies, whether it's LGBT ally or white ally or however it is, they're needed to help push voices forward for people who do not, who are not listened to by by the non-marginalized groups. And that's that's frustrating, especially when there is this clear media bias is that, you know, non-white people have been yelling about this for a long time. And then here comes what is, you know, she's 
fair haired, fair skinned, light colored eyes. You know, she's a she's a storybook perfect complected. She's the good child complected. If we're reading our Grimm's and we're coding that way, you know, she's idealized and she's getting all of the attention and she's getting all of the press. And I mean, she's also taking all of the heat from the misogynists, which is awesome because she's handling it like a pro. And, you know, she's sparing people who are already marginalized and microaggressed and harassed enough. She's sparing them so they can keep doing their work. Because if uh, Trump is yelling at Greta, he's not yelling at uh, Representative Omar's daughter. <laughs> and that's a win for, you know. And Michael Doles, you're a motherfucking asshole. Oh, Fox has apologized now? Breaking Fox apologized? Yeah, Michael Knowles was a guest on a Fox News program saying, none of this matters because the climate hysteria movement is not about science. It was about science. It would be led by scientists rather than by, by politicians and a mentally ill Swedish child who's being exploited by her parents and by the international left. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you in the ear. Scientists have been bitching about this, and they are ignored. I was uh, literally about to say, basically, that scientists have backed up the how climate change is affecting everything and how it's a thing and how if we don't do something, you know, it's kind of too late to go back, but it's dismissed because it's, again, it's not about science. It's about control and manipulation and propaganda. And money. Exactly. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, but it, it's Fox News, so. But yes, Fox News apologized. They were probably reluctant with that apology. Their official thing was the comment made by Michael Knowles, who was a guest on the story tonight, was disgraceful. We apologize to Greta Thunberg and to our viewers. The spokesperson added the network has no plans to book Knowles as a guest in the future. I mean, it's a little too late. You let him run his mouth. He basically said what everybody there was thinking. So, yeah. So. In less national news, but just as important bullshit that needs to be discussed, down in Florida, oh, we have a Florida man who's also a Florida cop arresting, oh, not surprising. arresting two six-year-olds. I repeat, arresting two six-year-olds. One of them actually got to the jail to be fingerprinted and mugshot. The cop has been fired, and... It's a fucking... Sometimes I think I rage more than Noel. <laughs> um, I'm stewing silently. So, wait, my question is, is this going to be on this child's record forever, or are they uh, expunging that from... It's a juvenile record, so it'll be sealed. Except, you know, whenever we need it to punish these children for getting shot by a cop. I said it. I said it. See, this is what my thought pattern is, because we don't know who the other six-year-old is. And even though that other six-year-old shouldn't have been through this issue, but we know that one of the six-year-olds is black. Was the other six-year-old a minority? Was it a white kid that they realized, oh, this is a white kid. We're not going to go through and put him through this and stop the issue going through? Who knows? No kid should be going through this. We don't need student resource officers in schools. All it leads to is abuse of minority children. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Let me just say it. I'll say it. I don't care. 
because it's true. No, no, it's not that it wasn't that it shouldn't be said. It was like I couldn't put the word, the words wouldn't come out of my mouth. So, but yeah, it, it's just the horror and all the crap that comes through. It's just, ugh. <sighs> so let's go through and speak about some of the good. Or th- this could be a, probably a short show, to be quite honest. <laughs> We have a lot of rage. Oh, you want me to ramble? I can ramble. I can ramble I'm anytime. I'm just angry. It's like there's been like weeks of there's been weeks of crap that's been going on that and Huey, you'd have to go through and edit your rambling. Oh, that's such a good point. Never mind. I'll stop. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop myself from rambling. <laughs> But I remember one of the things that happened that I wanted to bring up. Ohio Valley Community High School. Oh, God. A student had made a post on Facebook about an issue that happened at school and was basically forced to take it down by the school. There's still, I haven't gotten any more updates about this. I've been looking into this. The student wrote, on Tuesday, I was suspended for, for, on Tuesday, I was suspended from school for five days. The reason being, I tried to report someone inappropriately touching me and then physically grabbing me and making me touch him. Yeah, that's not okay. This happened in the school building, but after school hours. This person has a history of doing the same things to other girls. One of those girls happens to be one of my younger sisters. So I went to my school, which is labeled a safe place thinking I could finally get something done about it. I had the principal check the cameras. He told me in the video that I didn't look scared or intimidated enough for the report to be real, so therefore it was obviously false and I was lying to them. He got five days out of it as well as I did. They also kicked another girl out for trying to report the same thing on the same person. The amount of disrespect and discrimination on the girls on this school is unbelievable. From the dress code to bullying to sexual harassment. So before you think about sending your kids to Ohio Valley, don't. This is such an unfortunately common story as well. That's what really yeah. sucks about it. It's the erasing of complaining witnesses because of the perfect victim fallacy. Yep. And for those of you who don't know what the perfect victim fallacy is, it's, you know, it's up there with the, the perfect grieving spouse. You know, you're crying the right amount, you're distressed the right amount, you're behaving in a set manner, which everybody processes trauma differently. Everybody processes a terrifying event differently. I would be, I personally would be a terrible victim because I no longer, through various events in my life, I no longer have a, have a, a cower reflex. If I am afraid, I will bite. And while this is great for leaving forensic evidence, it's probably not so good at being a, a good television victim. Not to mention, even if someone is the perfect victim or however, quote unquote, quote unquote, yeah, exactly. People still don't believe them so yeah. much it's it's it doesn't matter because it's not about caring for the victim of course it's about power and control and so on and so forth once again and it's just it's maddening and we already did a dress code is bullshit episode but i'm just gonna say it again dress codes are bullshit and dress codes are about control and especially in school they're disgusting and anything where adults are policing youth bodies is uncomfortable and if you're not uncomfortable thinking about the idea that these are grown men and women deciding that some 
shoulders are distracting. Let, let me, let me. There are grown men deciding that underage bodies are distracting and then indoctrinating owners of different bodies to the idea that certain bodies are distracting and certain body parts on certain people are distracting versus other people's body parts and just general anytime somebody complains about girls being too sexy it's guaranteed to be an adult and what the fuck are you doing looking at a minor in any clothing and thinking that makes me uncomfortable because i'm thinking sexy thoughts i have never looked at kids girls anyone in you know clothes existing in their life and thought wow i have an uncontrollable urge to commit a crime or i am uncomfortable with my thoughts because i know they're illegal i just don't and i don't understand people who live in a world where you can look at a 13 year old 14 year old girl in a pair of shorts and a tank top and think sexual thoughts except for the fact that you're a predator and you have a problem, and you should not be around children or around civilized human beings. This ties into, like, such a pedophile culture that, unfortunately, I live in. Because this kind of... Well, there's a fetishization of youth. This kind of situation is so ingrained in our culture, especially. Especially if you look at some of the younger kind of... Not to bring in the millennials here, but the younger Instagram models or the little girls who are Instagram models who make themselves to look older and such to for, for this kind of audience because of such a prominent pedophile culture we live in. I don't know if you, any of you have noticed, but little girls are... It's not a new thing, Huey. Um, spoiler alert, they were doing it when it was my age. We just didn't have the internet. When I was that age and trying to look grown up, it's this weird fetishization of being a specific age. And it makes little girls push to look older. And it makes women my age or around my age and older torture themselves to look Of course, I'm not saying that young. it is a new thing. I'm saying that it's ramped up a lot in recent times, especially. Well, the internet has made everything accurate. Which brings up other things. Because of the things that have been going on the past couple of weeks, I've been reminded of things that I wanted to bring up that just have gone through and pissed me off. For example, news story. Bank calls police on Black Doctor opening new account because he looks suspicious. Yeah, again, it's another case of being guilty of being black in public. Bank employees 911 call. He went to the front door and he's been on his phone. <gasps> and I called from my phone to tell employees to lock the front door. He's been on his phone out front. Black and using a phone. We have no cars in the parking lot. He's a walker, so I feel like he's up to no good. So now it's a crime to be a black man talking on his phone, walking. Well, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like all about the racism in America. It's, it's a crime to be black, which is unfortunate and terrible. But that's that's the issue. You know what I mean? You know, we're going we're gonna to start making some type of sound effects and intro music. We have segments like crimes for being black. And what the fuck have cops done this week? Because they need their own intros. We have to go through these. This week in Cops Fucking Up. Yeah, it's an every week thing. I can't find the article, but there was an article recently about a trans student being harassed in the bathroom by their principal. 
what do you care? Again, more gross adults obsessing about children's genitals, and it's okay. What the fuck, people? Can I just can't? This is this is a timeless problem. It's just every day there's a there's a uh, a segment of the American population obsessing about the genitals of children and strangers, and nobody has ever gone, wow, this entire group of people is extremely weird and we shouldn't do anything they say Ultimately, because it's creepy. It's, the and problem isn't the that fuck? someone is black or trans or however. The problem is that they're not the majority. They're not the... They are not the prime non-marginalized group. Anyone else is such a devi who is a deviation from a straight white middle class cisgender male is <laughs> is me. Yeah. The further we get from Bill, the shittier, more difficult, and shittier and more policed life gets. On one hand, you have me. The only thing that's missing from me is I'm not rich. If I was rich, I'd be the perfect white dude. And I'm being facetious when I say that. <laughs> Other things that have come up in the past two weeks. Have you two seen yes, the Sandy Hook Promise back to school video? On the topic last week. We did. Is this the one where the kids are talking about backpacks being useful for shielding themselves from bullets? Or is that a different ad? A kid brings out a backpack, but he doesn't talk about being useful for bullets. Yeah, because we did brush up upon this last week about processing emotions and types of things like that. I was busy being high on cold meds, so please, enlighten me. The Sandy Hook Promise is an organization basically trying to advocate because of gun violence in schools and things like that. They did this beautifully horrific, and I say that in the nicest terms, video that's a back-to-school video, basically mimicking basically kids getting shot at school by using their quote-unquote new things for school to save them. Like, oh, these socks that mom gave me are great for tying off a tourniquet. Yeah, that. I saw, I didn't watch the ad because, again, I was high on cold meds, didn't want to accidentally have feelings and ruin my street cred. Oh, I had all the feels. Don't worry. Okay, about good. It. I'm glad you had. But the the idea is horrifying. The idea that active shooter drills are happening is horrifying, and the pictures from those are horrifying. Of EMTs carrying out actors playing dead bodies, or you know, teachers playing dead. We are traumatizing the fuck out of kids because of more fetish culture, and this time the fetish is firearms. And um, last year, because it was brought up, and there was a case of, during one of these active shooter drills, a trans, a trans student was locked out of both the boys' and girls' locker room because the teachers didn't know which one that they should go to. So they were left outside the hallway alone during this active shooter drill. I, I mean, really, again... One, we shouldn't be having the drills because of it, begin with. And two, what the fuck? What the look? It doesn't. In the case of an active shooter drill, it doesn't matter what locker room you get into. Get into get into your secure location and bar the door. Because I guarantee you that zero children who are in an active shooter situation give a fuck about whether there's a, a boy in the girls' locker room or a girl in the boys' locker room or anybody's fucking genitals. They're more worried about not being murdered at school. Get your fucking priorities straight, people.
All right, I'm all raged out. Anybody else have rage? I just I just wanted to add, that's why when people say that people of certain marginalized communities have lower, their, their lives are shorter, it's not, while yes, many of them are killed in horrible, horrible hate crimes, also a lot of them are denied safety, denied health, denied so on and so forth. And that's why that the rate of life for mar- certain marginalized groups and it's it varies depending on how many of the marginalizations you uh tick into that's why their life expense expectancy is so much short shorter unfortunately yep you don't want to be a trans black woman in or anywhere yeah texas <laughs> anywhere well, they like to kill them a lot in Texas, so... I assure you, they killed them. There's been a lot of stings in Ohio. Yeah, we're cleaning our shit up. Don't mi- don't mind us, we're just taking out the trash over here. Nothing to see. Yeah, I've noticed something unpleasant, but not unexpected about uh, most of the... Let's see, what was it? There was a sex trafficking ring recently? Two of them, I think. Sex trafficking Ohio. Oh, hey, it comes up real easy. <laughs> um, real quick! More than 100 rest- arrested in chi- Ohio child human tra- it's got its own goddamn page on wikipedia what the fuck it's we're particularly vo- ohio is particularly vulnerable to human trafficking because of the urban centers and rural counties and a large transient immigrant population as well as five major highways with easy access to other states in canada the same things that make us a great state for corporate headquarters and product testing makes us really great for things like serial killers drug epidemics and human trafficking man i mean i get to taste taco bell new menu items first I could also get trafficked. I don't know which is the win there. Well, I want to talk about a win, and I'm going to get Huey all riled up with this win. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to lead the good news section, talking about why furries. There's nothing good about us. Oh, because they, no, no, you told Milo Yiannopoulos you're not, he's not welcome at your convention. That's exactly what I was. That was, uh, I was (laughs) delighted about that. All right. So, okay. On September 16th, the Midwest Fur Fest had put out a news post for immediate release. Self-registration for our event does not imply a given individual's presence is condoned or appropriate. Midwest Fur Fest can confirm that Mr. Asshole, my words, not theirs, has registered for the event this year. While the convention generally does not comment on anyone's registration status, he has already stated as much publicly. Mr. Worst Thing on the Earth, attendance... Grand Marshal of the Straight Pride Parade, let's not forget that he's a fucking white supremacist. Yep, Mr. Gay White Supremacist. Attendance Attendance at the convention may lead to inability to provide a safe and welcoming experience for convention participants. The Board of Midwest Furry Fandom, consistent with our posted code of conduct, has rescinded his registration. In addition, he will be barred from registering for this and future Midwest FurFest events. So, as much shit as furries get, which, if that's what you like, I'm not gonna judge as someone who is quite in fact a furry we know everybody knows huey even the people on the international space station can see (laughs) what a furry you are i didn't know that (laughs) bill have you not been paying attention to our fucking discord server it's like 90 percent of of huey's character's like idiom is 
being a useless lesbian, useless non-binary lesbian. See, I knew that part. My icon and a furry. I didn't know the furry part. Come on. No, no, no. I honestly, I honestly did not know. I thought you were making a joke about furries earlier. Not realizing that was like a self-incriminating joke. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, literally. Literally, oh, even Trump God. knows, and Trump doesn't know okay. shit. But he's he's too busy screaming at children to notice you. It's fine. We're gonna fight the furries at the border. <laughs> no, all the furries went to Area Fifty One. Come on, I mean, that, no, that's the, a, the, their fursuits came with powers so, and everything. Come on, this was a good news that happened during the course of the last couple of weeks. I wanted to bring this up on the show. Awesome, awesome thing. I wish the city of Boston had that much balls and when the and denied the straight pride parade. I mean, the, yeah. These furries have more balls than Marty Sometimes Walsh did. furries are okay, I guess. I mean, you know, they're a group of people. There's there was that person with the Confederate flag fursuit a while back, so I mean, they didn't get fired? Oh no, they the got community? put on blast. But there's a lot of like they're 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 a big community, you know? They're just like how there's fascists in every community, there's fascists in furry communities. I'm glad Furfest took that step though. Yeah, but I saw that I was like, go for it. Can furries. we get that on a shirt, please? Um Yeah, but with like your name go on furries? it. Like it's, a, it's a quote. We can have it as a merch store item and everything. <laughs> Make the graphic, I'll put it on Zazzle. Okay, I got you. The, the power of being an artist. Oh uh, yeah, I mean we we have we have merch, sort of. If you didn't know, we have merch, guys. It's just not put up yet because I've only been doing test products with it, basically. I have a pretty sweet hoodie. That hoodie did go with did come out pretty sweet. I should. Hey, Bill, what would your persona be? So I can draw this. Yeah. What would you be as an animal? As a furry? You know something? I'm gonna go through for for your thing. I'm gonna poll my friends. Okay, I'm making a prediction. And get their Badger. input. I, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's some lame Hufflepuff honestly, shit. I think you about that. It's just that Bill exudes Badger aura. <laughs> yes, but do I exude American Badger Ooh, good or European hmm. Badger? <laughs> or honey badger. I don't think you get angry enough to be a honey badger. You haven't listened to this podcast. That's fair. I have to listen to the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> so other good news, let's talk about recently Billy Porter. Yes. The Emmy Award winning Billy Porter. Yes. Isn't he working on an EGOT at this point? Let me check that. He is working on an EGOT. He's missing the Oscar. Oh, uh, yes. One letter away, he is, of course. He's got the Tony. He's got the Emmy. Outsta- that's what he just won. The Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series. A black gay man winning that. He's released music as a solo act, nominated and shared a win in the Best Musical Theater album category for his contributions on the Kinky Boost cast recording album from 2013. He's missing an Oscar. He's missing an Oscar. Get on that, Hollywood. Billy Porter needs an Oscar. Well, I mean, he's appearing in an upcoming comedy entitled Like a Boss, opposite Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, and Salma Hayek. So that's going to be ridiculous. And... Maybe that'll win. He's won a Tony for his lead for the lead in Kinky Boots in 2013. So that was great. When I saw that, I was like, "Yes, awesome!" I am all for more egots of color. I am too, because we need that out there. 
another thing that was brought up that we wanted to bring out is about Jonathan Van Ness. Yes. Where is that delightful link? We keep making our show notes as we go, and so things are terrible. I found it. He's come out as HIV positive, and I'm excited that we have somebody so openly beloved, so open about his status for new listeners, because I think we have a couple. Uh, I hang out with a member of the AIDS Clinical Trials Unit here in Central Ohio. She's with the Ohio State Clinical Trials Unit. Um, I do the Columbus AIDS Walk. I try to raise a bunch of money specifically for the Clinical Trials Unit. They're the people doing the research to make the th- to make things better to find the cure. There are other ways you can help. Um, you can donate to a whole bunch of partners to help with advocacy and destigmatization and groups to help decriminalize disclosure or lack of disclosure and just generally go out and bust your asses advocating for a destigmatization of STIs in general and HIV in specific. And one of the coolest things that's come out very recently is the fact that we're at a point so quickly that if your viral load is undetectable, you are incapable of transmitting. And that's within my lifetime. We've gone from you are going to die to we have wrestled the beast to a point where it is no more dangerous and in some cases less dangerous than the old standbys, the gonorrhea, the chlamydia, syphilis, you know, the ones everybody has talked about but this culture in america is extremely stigmatizing of sexually transmitted infections and that does everybody a disservice because if you don't know your status you don't know if you're healthy and you're not protecting yourself it's horrifying to live in a world where we can we have no qualms about figuring out if we have strep throat or mono or chickenpox or whatever There's a host of communicable diseases that we don't have any problem disclosing. Oh yeah, I have a cold. Don't kiss me. Or I have a cold sore that's breaking out on my lip. We need to not share a Coke. Or whatever. You know, that's just basic um, infection control that's been normalized in our society. STI testing should be exactly the same way. And Mr., uh, Mr. Van Ness being open about his status can hopefully move us forward leaps and bounds in normalizing testing being as regular as getting a physical. So this is my PSA. If you haven't had an STI panel done ever, go get it done, just for the sake of sake, Um, especially if you're active, because why would you not want to know? Every STI is dreadfully inconvenient if you do not take care of it. Um, Syphilis will rot your face off while you're still alive. It is a horrifying way to die. Other STIs will have, again, grievous neurological impacts, and you die horribly. So really, they're no less terrible than dying of an HIV infection. So we need to get better as a society protecting ourselves from getting sick and we need to get smarter about sexual health and reproductive health in general but 
good for good for Van Ness for being. I hate using the word brave, but it is a kind of bravery because of the amount of stigma stigma attached to this one specific STI to be so open and to be willing to disclose. <sighs> but it is really brave. I mean, we're still in living memory where you would lose your job and you would lose your friends and you would lose your family. You would lose everything for disclosing and you would die horribly and alone and you might not even have healthcare workers to help you. So that's me being old and bitter and hopeful at the same time. One last thing I personally want to bring up because we mentioned this on a previous podcast and we said that we were going to bring it up after it happened. Yesterday was Chanel Miller's 60 Minutes. Yes. Interview. This bad bitch. They they transcribed the whole thing on top of it. So I will be putting the transcription up with the video links onto the podcast. She goes into basically reclaiming herself as the victim, so to speak. And it is a really good interview. If you don't take time to watch it, you should go through and read through the whole entire transcript. It shouldn't take you too long unless you're a very slow reader. There's nothing wrong with being a slow reader if you're going to read it. Yeah, it's worth reading and everybody should read it. It's very important because she's... Again, it's a bravery thing to let herself be named that, to take ownership. And on top of it, she recorded her memoir as an audiobook. Oh, she reads it? Yes, she reads her own... powerful shit. Yes, go buy her her stuff just for... uh... I know where my next Audible credit's going toward. Even if you can't emotionally get through her book because it's you know too close and too triggering for you buy it donate it to the library donate it somewhere buy a copy and mail it to your favorite GOP representative buy it and mail a copy to uh Justice Kavanaugh but everybody buy copies and mail it to Brock Turner yeah mail it <laughs> Finding his finding Brock Turner's address is going to be harder than you know, mailing books to uh, SCOTUS attention Brett Kavanaugh, and he's like, "Why am I getting all of these books?" Oh, um, I wish we had the the enormous amount of reach necessary to flood his office with copies of the book, but we don't, and I can only be petty in the tiniest of ways. But she deserves to have a life and to live, uh, so buy it, review it. Give it good reviews. Drown out the haters. Drown out the victim blamers. And if you don't want to leave a review on public, but you'd like it to let us know what you thought of it, let us know. We'll go through and read it for if, for you if you want. Um, yeah, we'll read. We will be happy to read reviews about of this book on the podcast and start a dialogue about uh, survivor stories because um, every month is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Um, there's a specific one, but we should all should all be engaging with the topic and fighting the culture of victim blaming because all victims deserve to be believed and all victims deserve justice. This is this is not happy, Bill. <laughs> this is this is not so much fucking hooray as 
you know, more advocacy and stuff, but... Well, it's... I say it's good because it's a part of her reclaiming her. And yes. And that's important. That is Every, important. Everybody that goes through this should have the opportunity and ability to become themselves again and do what they need to heal. So that's why I threw that in with basically the good news. Okay. That makes more sense. We're, we mentioned this briefly as quote-unquote good news, but only because... Noel actually, for a moment, felt sorry for them. Oh, as we all, I guess this is a good enough thing to close on. It's frustrating to be a uh, to be a Michigan fan, a Michigan football fan these days. And I feel for you guys. I am so sorry. I am just. I don't know. I know your coach is crazy, and I I know I'm using an inappropriate term there, but there's no. There's no actual good word in English to describe somebody who is so incapable of behaving in a manner that makes rational sense. Because when you have two weeks to prepare for a football game against one of the top opponents in your conference, and your only answer when you are asked is, we were outcoached, outplayed, and outprepared, and that's all you have to say about looking like you just figured out football. Your team just figured out football while they were playing the game. There is a serious problem there and I am worried for I'm worried about court coach Harbaugh cuz I don't think there's I think something's great gravely wrong. Wisconsin defeated Michigan 35 to 14, which doesn't sound bad unless you actually watch the breakdown of the game. It was so distressing that and this goes for and this goes we're going to bring it all the way back around to men and emotional processing because former Heisman and sadly all of my information is coming from my Ohio State blog because I refuse to read anything else. <laughs> my team hung 76 unanswered points on their opponent after an awkward start. So Georgia tears are delicious. But the uh, the Michigan game was a noon kickoff. And the Ohio State game was 3.30. I lose fan points because I thought we, too, were kicking off at 9.30. At noon and not 3.30 because we were playing a, a Mac school. It's the third time. Oh, my God. That's the play-by-play. I can't, I can't read you the play-by-play. That's boring. It was just, he has no answers. There we go. Outplayed, outprepared, outcoached is a tweet from, a, from, a, from Angelique that at C-H-E-N-G-E-L-I-S. She's a sports writer for DetroitNews.com. There are eight, there are her 471 likes. I mean, what's to like about this tweet? But it's just so much upset. So much, just, I don't believe it. I This is heartbreaked, heartbreaking. We need to fire him um, at a loss for words. And they actually had Fox Sports. And this is the only nice thing I'm going to say about Fox Sports. Or a Fox affiliate ever. Uh, Fox Sports is just sports and they don't get terribly political. Which is good. But they had, they've hired Urban, uh, former head coach Urban Meyer as one of their football analysts for college football. And uh, they had a former Heisman winner who went to Michigan on with him. And that guy had the worst day in broadcast history. 
because not only was he asked to break down last year's Ohio State-Michigan game in front of Coach Meyer, he had to talk about this Michigan game. He had to process his emotions about this on air, live, in front of God and everyone. When he says, I, I, I don't know what to say. He's on air, incapable of doing his job, because what he is witnessing is beyond speech. But he was in an environment where he felt safe enough to be openly dismayed, which is cool. And it was a Fox affiliate. So that's even better because we all know that, that Fox anything is usually code for repressive patriarchal bullshit. But it's always nice to see, especially a Heisman Trophy winner and all of the accolades that come with being a sports star at any level, to see somebody be openly distraught like that on television, while horrible that it happened, is kind of good. Kind of gives me hope for men in this country finally being able to have a full range of emotion. I'm really sorry your team sucks, Michigan, and I really want you to get better because I don't want to get to the end of November and... She doesn't want to feel like they're kicking a puppy. Yes, I don't want to feel like we're last in line. <laughs> we're we're just the last asshole in line to kick you in the teeth. There won't be any teeth left to kick. I know. <laughs> So, that being said, we're going to tr- go through and awkwardly head out of here. Going to terribly wind down the show, because everything is terrible. But now that we have a team, we're going to wind down the show by going through the team. Oh, yeah, we, we have stuff to say now before I have to awkwardly kick the bot out. And we also want to shout out to all of our Patreon sponsors. You guys are awesome, and we love you. We would scream into the void anyway, but it's nice to know somebody cares enough about our screaming to subscribe to our Patreon. Everybody who downloads the podcast, we also appreciate you. Our executive producers are Noel Dial and Bill Malvazi. Our executive director is Bill Malvazi. Our social media producer is Brian Grimes. Technical director is Huey Al Ghoul. And your hosts are Noel and Bill. Like she just said, I'm Bill. I'm Noel. And we all have an extra chromosome. And we need to remember to credit our music. Don't we have music? Oh, music, music by, by Alpha Rip. There we go. We have, we have shit. We have 18. We've finally gotten our shit together, and now I'm going to tell the bot to get out. So, Craig, get the fuck out. <laughs>